welcome back to Tap That Easy Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Walters. Welcome back. Welcome to 2021. I hope that things are going well for you so far. And we're going to bring it to you first. I don't know where I was going to go with that, but uh, in this episode, get to hang out with Stephen Prager and Kathy Wise of the Autobahn Society of Arizona once again. Hang out Arizona Wilderness and check out some birds and some plants and some beers and some pretzels. And uh, before we get into that, though, huge shout out to Marshall Norris and the team at Simple Machine Brewing. Marshall's been making great beer in Arizona for years and finally got his own spot. Simple Machine, it's right up by my house. I love it. I love that it's so close. Just a great, great group of people. Uh, It's right on 7th Street, uh, 7th Avenue and Deer Valley, right across from Deer Valley Airport. Marshall's making great beer. So I approached him and said, hey, dude, got this really cool idea for a hazy IPA, right? No one's making a hazy IPA. Let's do a fucking hazy IPA, right? And he was like, let's do it. Uh, So, uh, no. So just kind of threw the idea out, and he loved it. So uh, we ran with it. And a couple weeks ago, we released it. Uh, We made, I don't know, the math of barrels. And I know we made six barrels, which equaled one keg and about 50 cases of four packs. And... They're pretty much all gone, so pretty badass. The keg was gone in about three days. People love this beer. I love that they loved it. Marshall loved that I loved that they loved it, and he loved loved it as well. He has high standards for himself, and for him to taste it and be like, dude, this is good, that was that was exciting. So check it out. Uh, just follow on social media. Um, we're making more here for Beer Week that's going to include a special local, local ingredient that we're really excited about. So once again... Thank you to Marshall and his team over there Simple Machine. Every single one of them over there are badass, and we appreciate them. And speaking of um, whatever I was speaking of, I don't know what my transition was, but we have a magazine out now. So A Taste of AZ is the food podcast we started in May, and we actually just got them back from the printers yesterday. We have a 48-page magazine, food and beverage magazine for uh, highlighting Arizona food and beverage. They're here. They're badass. You know when you go to on a trip somewhere and you collect all this stuff? Well, this is one of those things. You throw away most of the stuff. This is one of those things you keep. This thing is sturdy. The pictures are beautiful. Uh, Luke Irvin, my business partner and co-author of the Arizona Beer Book, the pictures he took and the way that he laid this thing out. And yeah, huge shout out to Luke too. Great business partner. Just a, a great um, addition to to what, you know, the time and, and vision that I've had. Time and vision, I don't know. You know what I'm saying. He's a great business partner. Luke, thank you. He's probably not even listening. I don't even think he listens to the show. So maybe he's not that good of a business partner. Anyways, uh, we got this magazine out. It's awesome. Um, Wizard of Zah, uh, Stephen Larson uh, did a, a piece in it. Uh, Christina Brada, right on Ruby, wrote uh, several articles in it. She's a great addition to the team as well. So, man, just... Super excited. So check it out at tasteofaz.com. You can subscribe. Uh, it's a free magazine. Uh, you can subscribe, and every quarter we'll send you. We're going to put it out every quarter. We'll send a, one right to your place. And, um, yeah, really excited about that. Now, if you still have Christmas gift cards, there is some cool shit to buy, uh, including the Arizona Beer Book. So go to thearizonabeerbook.com and get yourself a book or get a friend who has a birthday coming up this year. Buy them a book. And, you know, spread the love. It's a beautiful book. Looks good on tables and everywhere else, wherever you want to put it. Like, I use it for all kinds of stuff. I have about 2,000 in my house, right, that I'm uh, just kidding. We sold 
several of them. All right, I'm. I gotta get. I gotta wrap this thing up. All right, let's get into this. Uh, Stephen and Kathy uh, from the Arizona Audubon Society of Autobonds. I always get the words all mixed up. Uh, you know what I mean. And Carly from Arizona Wilderness. Let's get started. Let's get it rolling, then. So. Uh, Carly, you know who this is on the playlist, right? You know, you approve every song that goes on the playlist here at Arizona no, Wilderness. I, I personally do not, but I guess I could approve. Yeah, sure. I, I kind of have to. I listen to it day in and day out, so well, I approve at this point. Whether you approve or not, it's still getting played though, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we were having a conversation before we, before we started here about uh, the music here. I love the music here. It creates a really good vibe and... Once you get to know the wilderness guys, as we'll 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 talk about uh, how you know those guys are, uh, it makes sense when you hear the music. It's like I feel like I'm in a car with John and Pat right now, and I don't know where we're going, but it's gonna be fun, weird, so and good. scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, quite an intro. So let's meet everybody. We got three people here today. This is an exciting episode. This is second episode in like within I don't know when I'll put this out, but within a short period of time you guys have been on so let's meet this gentleman right here first hey everybody i'm steve prager i am the outreach biologist at audubon southwest third time on the podcast third time second time in the last probably week or so i think that's right yeah like depending yeah. on like i said when i release it because that's like a matrix kind of it's like where do, the music it's going with my matrix. mind yeah, my mind thought all right we need to move on meet the next person kathy would you like to introduce yourself I'm Kathy Wise. This is my second time on this podcast. Really happy to be here. I'm the community science manager for Audubon Southwest. Excellent. And in in person this time? In person. This is awesome. I prefer this. So I think the future ones we should definitely be on site for. Every single time. Every single time. Every single time. And and this thing behind us, what we're going to talk about is going to bring more just joy and beautifulness to this place. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. (laughs) And... Ma'am, would you introduce yourself, please? <laughs> yeah, I am uh, Carly Jones. I'm the company coordinator here at Arizona Wilderness Brewing Company. Were you nervous when I said, when I called you out on, like, you're going to be on the episode with me? Yes, I had to tell the whole team right away. I was like, oh my gosh, they requested me to be on the podcast. Nobody else this time. Specifically, so. like, it was not like yeah. Senate representative. It's like they, Carly. <laughs> yes. They were stoked, though. They were like, woohoo, I finally get a break, you know? Yes. So John and Pat are definitely like, you got this. Well, you you were excited about it, though, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. This is an exciting project, and I love these guys so much, so I would be willing to be on a podcast with them anytime. Aww. Oh, that's so sweet, Carly. Yeah. We love you, too. And this has just been a dream come true, honestly, yeah. for us to be able to get this garden in the ground. Well, what is it? Like, what are we... So, we're here in downtown. We're at downtown... Wilderness. Yep. A Z D T X, right? D T P H X. Okay. All right. Just Google it. They'll find it. <laughs> uh, I love this place to begin with. Uh, I mean, this this instantly became like my favorite place to come have a beer. Favorite beer garden. Um, you got the city in the background. You've got this some sort of semi trailer thing that's pouring beer out of the side of it. That's beautiful on our left here, my left. Uh, but anyways, behind us now, you guys are getting involved with. Um, with what you guys bring to the table, right? What is this? So this is Phoenix's, I think, can I say this, the first 
um, bird-friendly beard garden. I always say beer-friendly bird garden because it's kind of the same thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. And we were so excited to be able to be a part of this. Um, we've been working with Wilderness for quite some time before this location opened. And we had talked about planting intentionally for birds because Arizona Wilderness is all about Arizona's wilderness. And when you plant native plants, you're bringing the wilderness home, right? So yeah. it's like a very natural thing to want to partner, put together. Um, these native plants, this beer. Um, we talked about doing it in Gilbert where there was oh, less okay. space. Yeah. Um, but this is ideal. This is a, a lot more in-the-ground plant potential. So, yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well, how did you guys connect with Wilderness? Like, how did that relationship happen? So, we've been working with Arizona Wilderness since, I want to say, 2016. Does that sound right, Carly? That's when I started. I think you guys were already semi-established. Okay, maybe so maybe 2015. Okay. Um, through our Birds and Beer program. So, we, at least in the before times, before COVID, we had this monthly event at the Rio Salado Audubon Center, which is just like maybe 10, 12 minutes down the road from okay. Arizona Wilderness. Okay. Um, down there on Central Avenue, just past the Salt River. Um, and at that event, we have uh, a local conservation professional come and and talk about their work, um, and hopefully with some sort of call to action where people can get involved in this kind of stuff. And um, uh, Wilderness has been our, our brewery sponsor for that event for years now. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they bring down some craft beer. It always has a, an awesome connection to an on-the-place or on-the-ground place in Arizona. So it's just a, a real good fit for that event. Um, and one thing we always noticed about that event is it doesn't bring in the, like, the typical Audubon crowd. It's not just a, a group of birders. It's a, all sorts of folks from all sorts of walks of life around the Phoenix area that come down for that. And I started talking with... Um, their employee Chris Chapel at the time about how can we make this bigger? How can we we use beer to connect people to conservation opportunities? Um, and we came up with the Western Rivers Brewers Council. So that is a, a coalition of twenty five breweries now and the Craft Brewers Guild. Okay. That help us push in water. Arizona. Um, in Arizona and in Colorado, and okay, we're working right. to expand it into New Mexico okay, as well. Nice. Um, and they help us take action to push policies that are going to protect Arizona's rivers and Arizona's water resources. Um, so they were our, our first member on the Brewers Council, um, and Chris and then later Carly have helped me recruit members ever since. And as part of that work, we launched... Oh, two years ago now, Hummingbird Springs Saison. Ooh, I remember that. Which is a, a delicious sour um, that celebrates Arizona's hummingbirds and Audubon's Plants for Birds program, which is an effort to get people to use native plants in their landscaping for the benefit of birds and wildlife. Um, so when they they got this place in the ground and they had a garden to work with, it, we were chomping at the bit to, <laughs> to get our hands in there and take the next step in that in that project yeah well i could see kathy's face too she was like yeah so <laughs> when that ha like when well so how did that happen how did the connect like what were the steps to kind of get that rolling 
We were talking about it like last or beginning of this year. I mean, definitely last year too. It was always like a huge opportunity if we could make it happen. Um, and then uh, things went for a whirlwind this year, but we bit, still yeah. definitely had it on the docket. And we thought that you know this fall would be the best time to plant these plants um, versus having to wait till spring because we wanted a new garden as soon as possible if we could. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it was a really awesome, awesome teamwork um, project that we did, and we're thankful that we were able to do it this fall um, with the given times. So. Um, it was definitely a process, but I think that you guys really initiated it and, um, you know, had the vision for it when you, once you saw the space. And it was super exciting, too, to select the plants because it was clear that we wanted to include plants that are, were going to be um, possibilities for cocktails or even beer, maybe. And so we, we tried like to do that. And then also, people are usually surprised to learn that you can be really intentional with the birds that you want to attract. Like, we wanted to attract hummingbirds here. So we did a lot of hummingbird plants um, and butterflies. Those are things that people enjoy seeing that wouldn't it delight you if you're sitting here drinking a beer and a butterfly comes down and you see it nectar and all that. It's just cool. Um, So that was the direction that we went. Um, Nothing thorny. Things that are friendly, things that are going to attract birds and also be useful to people. Yeah. Um, and it's so exciting to come down here and see how well the plants are doing. Yeah. Just, I, I think, too, you know, it, it, we had a, a vision for what the space could be, but I, I think it really came from wilderness first. You know, they, John and Pat had a vision of this place as being this kind of all-native Arizona beer garden. And after the the contractor at the time installed the garden they found they just didn't have what they were after there were a bunch of non-native plants and a lot of them weren't doing super well um so i really feel like a lot of the push came from from wilderness themselves and it it, you know now with all native plants it's not just any beer garden like it is an arizona beer garden which i think is what they were after from the get-go um and also with, you know, Carly's super modest saying that, like, oh, I'm grateful we were able to get it done during the fall. But, like, they made it happen during the fall. We, we couldn't recruit volunteers. We didn't feel comfortable bringing people from all sorts wow. of different areas together in one yeah. spot to work together. Um, and John and Pat and Carly just wouldn't take no for an answer. And they were like, you know, we'll, make our, we'll get our staff to do it. We yeah. will push out this volunteer opportunity to our staff that already has the COVID protocols under control and they're working together anyway so it's not an increased risk Um, and we put a sign up out and we were getting worried because it was like a day before we had I think like eight people signed up and we're like shit we've got a hundred plus plants to put in the ground we have eight people to do it we're going to be there all day like I'm making John and Pat pick up a shovel because this is going to be a long day yeah. and we get here and a couple volunteers trickle in early and then by the time we started we had like 25 yeah. I think wow. people yeah. show nice. up and we knocked out four hours of work in like an hour and a half two hours and just got it done and so it, the thanks all goes to them they really yeah. made this happen it, that's building a great team, though, right? Like that's yeah. what that's what I love about seeing what Wilderness is doing is building, you know, bringing on like you and um, uh, Andrew, mm-hmm. Andrew. Yes, I 
who is like if he listens he should be listening still I don't know if he listens to podcasting oh he will be listening will. to this <laughs> he <will>. yes <laughs> he, he listens to them all somehow <laughs> yeah. uh, so but no it's it's building that great team and having the, you know those people step up because they see that that vision mm-hmm. you know like has it been you know surprising to you because you've been you've how long have you been in the this type of work Kathy Mm, too long to admit on this <laughs> podcast. Yeah, go back um, to the most but, recent one with her. She'll give you more specific <laughs> numbers. But uh, <laughs> yeah, a long time. But what was really exciting to me was to be able to talk to the team that's here and show them some pictures of birds to expect. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's always really gratifying to plant plants for hummingbirds. And you tell you tell people, okay, so expect a hummingbird. Expect a hummingbird. Yeah. And I. I always get called, not always, but most of the time I will get a call being like, oh, hummingbird showed up. Like People are really surprised and it's it's empowering to know that, you know, just an individual can do something that is really helpful and impactful. So so you're saying they're surprised even though you told them even very though I t- clearly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this I mean, will bring a hummingbird. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They think, oh yeah, right, right. It's going to bring a hummingbird, but <laughs> it actually does bring a hummingbird. So yeah. Yeah, it's we cool. did the same thing. I can't admit, we did the exact same thing. We we were all here for lunch, and we were like, everyone stop what you're doing, film it. So it was, it, it, It's quick, you know, I think yeah. it was, what, like six days yeah. after we installed the garden, they had their first hummingbird here. How yeah. does that so happen? It, like, how does, like, what is the, the scientific explanation of how, like, the time period that it takes, and how do they find it? And birds it are out? just better than us, yeah. is what it comes <laughs> down to. Um, and I'm not really sure, like, I know that that birds see in a different light spectrum than we do um, in the the infrared or I'm sorry ultra, ultraviolet or infrared Kathy um, it depends on the bird okay yeah but they What's see in a different light answer, spectrum so um, the, the light that reflects off of the flowers takes advantage of that and they really okay. stand out to them but how they end up in the right place to, to see it is beyond me I don't yeah. know they're good at it so what are the, what are the plants like? So the, the effort obviously is you know with with Arizona wilderness with them being you know so focused on what is what is native here and what grows here. Uh, what do some of the things like like palm trees that aren't native to this land? Does, what does it do? Or, what does, or what, what more value does native plants bring? Kathy's like, I got this one. Yeah, I got this one. I got this one. I'll try to not be on my soapbox, but... You get a little bit. You okay, get a little okay. bit, yeah. So basically, when you plant, like, one of the fan palms or something, it gives nothing. Like, there, there's nothing that has evolved with that plant in this landscape. Okay. So you're basically planting something, and the palms are... They require a lot of care, too, so I would never recommend ever to plant a palm unless you live in a place where palm trees are. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, other than that, it's just a lot of work for you, and it's no value. Okay. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's it just makes good sense to use our native plants and to think about them. I mean, it's kind of like right, right plant, right place. You know, you don't want to plant a mesquite tree just anywhere. You want to have the right place. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's that. But you know when you plant that tree or you plant that plant, there's something that's going to use it. Mm. There's something yeah. that needs it. Yeah. And even more so these days than in the past when there's limited open space and um, yeah, so makes good sense. It does, yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Just for a little bit more on what Kathy said with uh, 
the value of the natives versus the non-natives. It, it, there's just so many resources that those plants provide that non-native plants don't. Um, so whether it be like the suite of insects that uses a certain plant mm-hmm. that exist here and depend on that species, or you know, back to your question about how do the hummingbirds find it, it having a plant that's evolved to flower at the right time when hummingbirds are here migrating through or looking for nectar is critical to making all that happen. If you take a plant from somewhere else and that timing is just a little bit off yeah. and it, it leaves our birds without resources and it leaves the plants without pollinators and it, it's just not all tied together like it's supposed to be. It's trying to break into the, the nature of cycle of nature, right? Of that, like that system that is meant to, to go. Right, and unfortunately, we're seeing changes in even our native plants' flowering um, schedules because of climate shifts. Okay. Um, and so the first thing that we can do is make sure that they have the native plants and then let them let the birds and the other wildlife kind of adjust to that. Kind of provide that yeah. foundation, yeah. provide that. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Wow, that's... Yeah. That's in, in the, the desert is amazing. Like when you when you when I first moved here from Ohio, like the furthest west I've been was like Colorado, and I get into Arizona, I'm like, what? Like this is, especially when you drive like like south to Tucson. I don't know why, but that drive is different than up north to Flagstaff. You know, uh, you really get a feel of the desert. But then once you start um, kind of exploring and taking hikes, and you start to like. This is pretty badass, the stuff that can live here and thrive here, you know? And so what do we have here? Like, let's let's go through the, the beautiful arrangement of what we have here. Should oh, we our, quiz our, Carly? Yes, Carly yes. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I won't yeah. know all of them, so I'm going to feel really she bad. She was at her That's look. Okay. Carly, I'm so, I feel bad just for the face you made to me. She was like... <laughs> You don't I have know to. Chuparosa. Okay. Yeah, that's the most important. Which one is the Chuparosa? The one with the pretty red flowers. Okay. Or okay. like reddish orange flowers, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, you're right. Excellent. And then the milkweed, um, which is the tall, stringy looking ones. Okay, right over there. Yep. I and think. then I think I know one more. The Mexican primrose. Is that what it is? Nice. I like that one too. That one's like. Oh, I don't know if you can see it from here. It's behind the pillar. Right oh, no, right there. here, behind the chuparosa, right? I don't know. My neck hurts from turning. <laughs> <laughs> what she knows a whole lot more than she gives herself credit. Yeah, I know maybe. She does. I, I just know. got freaked out when I was <laughs> called out. That's awesome. I'm really stage. happy. Yeah. yeah. So how do you choose what, what, goes, what goes in here and what is in here? Well, it was a combination of talking with AZ Wilderness and what they wanted, and then just thinking about the birds that they want, the insects that they want. Um, yeah, and then this place, like what can stand, what can withstand people, maybe sometimes, you know, kind of stumbling over there. Um, <laughs> and, and these plants all can, so. Okay. Yeah. Desert plants. Let's start. And- out in the chest <laughs> and focusing on that like right plant right place kind of thing like yeah. the the focus on hummingbirds was really really intentional not just because hummingbird springs but because at a restaurant you're not going to really want something that produces a ton of large seed that's going to attract doves and uh, like pigeons things that are going to cause very good yeah. kind of trouble in the restaurant space yeah um but hummingbirds are pretty non-offensive 
So they're they're small. They're not leaving a lot of waste behind. They're not walking around under your table picking up scraps. I think so they're we, probably we really tried to focus right? on <laughs> butterflies and hummingbirds. Yeah, that is very. And you even have the butterfly shirt on today, Kathy. You just was that on purpose? <laughs> it wasn't. I actually didn't even think about it. <laughs> you did good. It's it's yeah. subconscious. I'm just kind yeah. of a dork, so yeah, it's always nature. Yeah. <laughs> So what? So what? Uh, is, are there things? I know you mentioned about having things that you can put in cocktails. Are, are there things over there that that can be eventually eaten by? I, I think maybe a small amount. I am not okay. entirely versed with those ingredients, but I do believe that we think we can harvest something. I think so. I okay. like. I don't think the tuberose is ever going to produce like the bulk of flowers needed to brew a beer, okay. um, especially because we don't want to take all of the flowers off because that defeats the purpose of having a garden for birds. Yeah. Um, but as those tuberosa grow, they're prolific. They're going to be covered with flour. They're going to be these big kind of mounded plants. Um, and the flowers taste kind of like like cucumber, but with like a little bit of sweetness where the nectar is at the bottom. So I'm I could sold. totally see those in a co- like as a garnish a on a cocktail yeah. or in a salad. Yeah, or, yeah. Our cocktail so. game is getting getting awesome. So I'm sure Anis can figure something out. Yeah. <laughs> she's always willing to, and she harvests herself when she's out in the desert. So I can only imagine that she's pretty stoked that it's like in our backyard now. So yeah, yeah. So. Um, one thing I did want to bring up that's really awesome, that's inspiring to me, is that this entire space used to be a parking lot. Um, oh. So not only do we have like dirt and gravel and things in the beer garden itself, but we are, you know, we were mindful enough to be able to create a garden in the middle of downtown Phoenix. So yeah. I think that's the most inspiring. That like the the vision from John and Pat was to create this garden space as almost like a landing space for that wildlife, you know, scenery and everything. Obviously, because we are Arizona wilderness, you know, moving into downtown Phoenix, and we still yeah. kind of want to tell our story. So um, again, we're very thankful that we were able to get some native plants in here that we were lacking at first. So this is super super awesome, and it'll only be thriving, you know, in a couple years to where people really do feel like you're in this little scenic jungle, you know, desert jungle, um, when you're literally surrounded by concrete otherwise. So, yeah. super cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, because you have over here, you have the, the, the tap, do you call it the tap room? What do you refer to that as an employee? It's the outside bar. That's, okay, there you go. That was much simpler than I thought it was going to be. Uh, <laughs> but then behind us here, you have the, the, there's a condo or something, like a condo yep. Yeah, those building. are like newer condos, if you will. But you'll have this blocking kind of that alleyway and mm-hmm. it'll build up and you just, it gets more and more cozy, my yeah. wife would say. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and there's tons of people coming down here too, which is going to be live, more lively in this neighborhood of this Roosevelt Row, you know, Arts District itself. Yeah. It's going to have a, a pretty cool happening, you know, whenever people start getting out and about. And you come down here and you look, and there are the signs right there, and explains mm-hmm. like what what are, what what is in the sign for me that I can't see that far, Stephen. <laughs> so we've got two different things. There's two signs. Um, one points to the Western Rivers Brewers Council, which um, again is our our effort to get craft beer or craft breweries behind pushing for some sound water policy because. Just as like two thirds of our threatened and endangered species depend on rivers in Arizona, craft beer depends on clean and reliable water. So they help us take action, um, and we have a ton of opportunities for individuals to take action as well. So if you want to get behind wilderness and others' good work, you can check out that sign, go to the link, sign yourself up, and start to learn about opportunities to to stand up for policy actions that are going to keep our rivers and water resources healthy. 
Um, the other one is the the bird friendly beer garden sign that has a link to Audubon's Plants for Birds program. Okay. Um, and this is a a bigger you know this garden is part of a nationwide effort through Audubon to get people to use native plants in their in the spaces that they have control over, be it a brewery or another business or your school campus or your backyard or your patio, um, whatever you got control over. Um, And by putting native plants in the ground, turning areas that are kind of useless to wildlife into resources, um, especially in a world where the climate is changing, we have increasingly less control over wild spaces. Um, having a space that you're in control over in terms of irrigation and like controlling when plants are going to flower and whatnot is, it could be really, really, really powerful. Yeah. Um, so that sign has a link, audubon.org slash plants for birds, um, that'll bring up a, a little search engine. You enter your zip code and an email address, and it will spit back a list of plants that are native and beneficial to birds and wildlife in your area. So That's you awesome. Can, you yeah. can come to this garden, you can get inspired, and you can learn how to recreate it wherever it is that you want to. I love it. I love it. And you can have great beer and yep. eat great food. Mm-hmm. Right? And continue to learn about Arizona yeah. through that food and beer. It's the full but. circle. It's, <laughs> yep. it's the complete cycle, yes. <laughs> yep. So anything else you guys want to add? Anything else we missed? I mean, people can come here. They can, they, they can enjoy the presence of hummingbirds while... Are you going to make the hummingbird saison again? Yes, yes, okay. we are hoping to do that in, when do we usually do it, May? Is it May or March? I thought it, I thought it was April. <laughs> so, That's probably about yeah, right. You, know? split the <laughs> you did, you mixed it. No, like, I know it's for National Migratory Bird Day, right? Is usually when we try to. the works is the point. Yeah. Yes. Okay, okay, yes. cool, cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so definitely, definitely look out for that one because that's amazing. And, and that logo is featured on the sign there with the bird-friendly beer garden. Um, yeah. So we definitely tied that in. So it's something we wanted to do this year. It kind of slipped through the loops, and we're definitely going to re-engage next year for sure. I'm going to use that one, slip through the loops. <laughs> and I think I just made that up. <laughs> we did, haven't pitched it to Wilderness yet, so I'm just going to do it live. But we're thinking, you know, we're real excited that we have this space to do a release for Hummingbird Springs the next time we do it. Heck yeah. Um, and I'm seeing a plant sale going alongside yes. it. Um, a native plant sale. So when you come up and you see that hummingbird on your can and you want to make a difference, you can pick up a plant right there I on like the spot. We're I still in. have to ask John and Pat. No, we're in. We've, ar- we've already done them. a plant swap Those here guys. actually before oh. um, with a local plant um, company. So we are all in because it was actually pretty su- successful. So. That It'll sounds be super really fun. Cool. Yeah. Because that, I mean, that connects, that's the full circle of the yeah. connection, right? It's like, oh, that's a cool story. Now what do I do? Go to the website. That's usually, you're limited to, to that where you can say, what do I do? Buy that shit right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yeah. exactly right. Yeah, I hope so, right? I'll be your sales and, and guy. Yeah, you and I'll tell them, hey, you're going to get hummingbirds. And then I'll get a call or yep. an email. Yeah. I got a hummingbird. <laughs> like, yeah, I told you. Um, we should start recording those and we'll play them on the show every yes. time. Yes. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks once again for for joining. And um, I think we need another beer. (laughs) And I'm sure we're going to do this again very soon. Yeah. So. Yeah. I hope so. We love doing this. So thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Guys, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.